Hi, everybody. It's Richard Zwicky on the Green Peak. And joining us this week, we have Adam Stetner, who's the CEO of FunCana, a lender in the cannabis space. And Adam actually has about 20 years of experience loaning and lending funds to new and growing businesses. Welcome aboard, Adam. Thank you, Richard, for having me. So FunCana is a new operation relative to many others. You've been around since uh, September of 2021. And, you know, you're focused really exclusively on the cannabis space, where before you were dealing with lots of SMBs and lots of different sectors. What inspired you to start FunCana in particular? Um, the, the fact that the cannabis industry is growing, it's young, and it's also underserved, uh, <laughs> which means that there is a need and a demand for capital. Uh, given my experience servicing small businesses, as you referenced earlier, the, the thing I've learned over the last 20 plus years is all business needs money. It's a question of when they need money, not if they need it. Cannabis is no different. Realizing that uh, they're an underserved segment of the population, uh, I thought the timing was right uh, to get in early enough before things are federally legal um, and things are uh, normalized. Now is the time where the industry is in need most. Yeah. And, you know, as much as everybody wants, legalization is still off in the distance because legalization is step one, regulatory framework is step two, and that rarely takes less than 18 months at the best of times. So there's a ways to go, unfortunately, in that, or fortunately for you and your business. Well, what I would say is uh, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. The, the piece I'll add is even once things normalize a bit uh, and there is a regulatory framework and things are fully legal, no longer Schedule One, no longer federally illegal, yep. um, normal or traditional non-cannabis small business still is only approved by uh, traditional banking at a rate of 20 to 25%, which means 75 to 80% of traditional small business is declined. Right. by the, the very banks that service them as deposit accounts. So uh, in the current environment, cannabis approval rates for traditional banks is even lower than that. But my belief is that once normalized, cannabis will be at the same approval rates or within that same realm of approval rates as traditional business, which means 75 to 80% are still going to have a funding need. Yeah, and that, you know, that funding need is constant in any fast growing industry. And it's, you know, cannabis is one of the fastest growing industries out there. And with the difficulties in access to capital, it, it poses a big challenge for businesses, not so much usually for the dispensary end, unless they're really expanding because they do have the cash flow, which is much more immediate. But for anybody who has a longer sales cycle, like the growers and whatnot, they have a different cash need than everybody else. How do you operate, you know, you operate across the entire industry and sector, but obviously with different areas, there's different demands. How do you see it? So at, at this stage, we are, as you said, and thank you for that, we're, we're servicing all aspects of the supply chain from grower all the way through retail. We also, and that it would include uh, all aspects of the plant. So hemp and CBD, uh -huh. but we're also servicing ancillary providers as well. And, um, and the, as you said, they all have different needs. There is a gap between the, the time money is laid out and the time, whatever it is they're, they're using that money for, whether it's plant or other product, nutrients, staff, 
there, there is what we're finding is two to eight months between the time money is laid out and the time it yields revenue. And right. so we're, we've designed product that uh, will go beyond that, of course, but we design product that really enables the operator to determine uh, their term uh, and by, by extension, the cost of capital uh, using time as the parameter. And this way, we can lay money out on their behalf, and then they can see it through to the point that it yields revenue, at which point um, they can pay off any balance due. Um, and, and that cycle of providing funds uh, on their schedule rather than creating a schedule of our own, um, I, I think services an industry much better than if you just have them fit a box. Yeah, it's always difficult to fit in the box because there are there's always local issues which uh, do change as a you know as a factor your timelines, and you know an eight month term is great on the on the first cycle. Obviously, you're expecting that companies at that point would already have something built out. They're not starting from scratch, ground up to build and produce. But you know, in that circumstance, you're dealing with it's not really debt financing, but it's more bridge loans. Is that the the focus for you? And do you see do you like to see yourself being um, lined up with a different kind of lender or investor as well? So simultaneously, they're raising capital from more than one, not more than one group under the same uh, vehicle, but different ways uh, to diversify their investments and give so them more I, access to capital? And I appreciate that. I, I, I'm a little more agnostic regarding the second part of the question okay. in terms of having diversity across uh, debt or equity investment um, is, I'm not the one that should be determining that. I think the operators in the cannabis space are savvy, uh, driven, entrepreneurial, and creative. They understand their business and they know know what their business needs. And so, um, although I, I do favor debt, uh, over equity um, for reasons we can discuss uh, later. In, in terms of the first part of your question, um, I, I do view it as bridge. However, w- uh, the caveat there is um, it's not a one and done. And so in that regard, if you think uh, about this almost in tranches, if you're a grower, you have different grow rooms or different greenhouses, different crop cycles. The idea behind uh, the structure, and it will continue to evolve, but the idea behind the structure is that we're in essence financing projects. And so that bridge, they can be stacked or layered um, on top of one another. So it might be- Like a revolving line of credit. That's exactly right. So so if you have a $50,000 need now, you may have an $80,000 need in three weeks. We would fund the 50 now, either direct to uh, a client or by paying third parties on their behalf. Three weeks later, they need 80,000. We would do the exact same thing. And so they would have almost unique tranches of capital going out. Each would have its own duration and its own timeline. And we would customize that to fit if they had a three-month cycle on the 50,000 and an eight-month cycle on the 80,000, we would write it as such. Uh, right. Now, of course, and with, you know, with interest rates being in flux and probably going to be in flux for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. how do you handle that? How- yeah. Uh, so 
the the way I, I believe it's very important for for small business operators and small can be categorized in a lot of way, but we're talking you know multi millions of dollars um, <laughs> still in that definition. But I, I think predictability is incredibly important. So the one thing that I've always committed to is fixed rate. In other words, our rates are not variable. Where uh-huh. where traditional credit you have a variable rate, it may be pegged to uh, an index of some kind plus a margin, um, or you'll have a variable rate associated with a credit card. Our cost of capital is fixed um, in the sense that uh, it does not vary. So if the Fed were to raise rates uh, or an underlying benchmark rate were to change, we're not altering the rate that we're charging. Um, And and so in that regard, uh, I want to do my part to add a layer of predictability for the operators that are leveraging Funcana. Um, and so variability of rate is something that I have to absorb on my end that I do not uh, convey to, to the clients. I don't pass along to them. Right. And that's cost certainty is always important to everybody in business because it's very hard to budget it without it. Correct. And, and I think predictable predictable outlay, especially at this stage and with all that is going on for the cannabis industry, if if you were to borrow X, you want to know that you've got a predictable cost uh, within your monthly outflow of capital. If that were to all of a sudden become variable, um, it's in, it's very difficult to run the business. Uh, it is. And, yeah. So, so I, I agree wholeheartedly. No, incredibly difficult. We do have to take a short break, uh, Adam, but we'll be back in a minute on The Green Peak with Adam Statner, CEO of Funcana. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Adam Setner, who's the CEO of Funcana. And Adam, just before the break, we're talking about cost certainty from the from the borrower's perspective. Um one of the things that's also rising, you know, we're seeing more and more, not just in cannabis, and but we don't have to talk about the, you know, the world as a whole, but there's a debt crisis and it's building. How do you look at that? So the, there's so many categories of debt, right? You've got uh, student debt, credit card debt, auto debt. Let's worry about debt. cannabis, the space. <laughs> that's right. So, so uh, when we when we look at cannabis, um, I, there there are two ways for operators to run business: they raise equity or they raise debt. Um, when you talk about a debt crisis, before uh, I can agree, I, I need to understand what you mean by a debt crisis. Yeah, there, so you know, there's been a crunch in terms of there's a lot of businesses, of course, that went through the process a couple of years ago doing convertible debt. That still is an overhang because the public markets that people can access haven't recovered to the point where it's viable, and that debt is is sitting there. There's also, you know, some uncertainty as market moves forward with regards to changes in the marketplace that some companies are over leveraged. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I think I've always believe that debt is an amazing tool when used properly. So you, you said something that that is key here, which is over leveraged. Um, I, if somebody is already over leveraged, there's very little that Funcana can do uh, because we're certainly not going to extend more into an organization that's over leveraged. It's a, it's not a positive. No. Um, and, and so what I've, what, what I can 
be a part of is making sure that we are never um, uh, an element in over leveraging our clients. And so to that end, we look very closely at inflow and outflow of money Mm -hmm. to, in essence, back into a comfortable, predictable payment. That, that we believe based on the cash flow we see, historical trends, geography, et cetera, <clears throat> we believe are um, easily supported. The idea of our capital is that it should not be a burden, it should be an accelerant. Uh, and so uh, I can't speak to entities, uh, operators, or other debt providers that have overlevered one another. Um, I can only speak to the, the way um, I have always uh, looked to control both risk and um, manage the debt load for the clients so that the product we provide works well. Uh, I, w- I would tell you, uh, and I think it's very important, that I want debt that we provide to work well enough that clients want to come back again. Absolutely. If they don't, there's a problem. You're always finding new clients and that's never a good model in any business. Well, and, and most typically if that's, if they're not coming back, it's because either you didn't deliver on your commitment or you, you over levered them and you made them uncomfortable with a payment uh, that, that they couldn't support. And I never want to be part of either of those things. No, no, that's a bad position to be in. Absolutely. So when you when you deal with business, I mean, know oh, you threw out fifteen eighty thousand dollars earlier, and that's small within the cannabis space when you consider the costs of, let's say, a single crop. Um, what sort of size of loans do you work with? We're we're typically for repeat clients. Uh, uh, I I use fifty to eighty because um, we're finding clients draw in uh, that increment, but okay. in, in aggregate, they may have. Um, a few hundred thousand out at any given time. Um, but we operate as little as 5,000 on an individual draw uh, up to 500,000 um, at, any, at any time. The idea candidly is to go up to a million, but given the age of our company and, and my desire to manage risk effectively uh, in order for, for me to service clients well, I need to have sustenance for myself. Um, I don't want uh, concentration risk within the portfolio to exceed a certain level. So at the right. moment, we're running between 5,000 and 500,000 as our uh, guardrails. Okay. And f- I'm, I'm amazed that 5,000 is a, a threshold because it's that the paperwork alone has got to be onerous. <laughs> so so I, it, it's a very valid point. What I would tell you is our, our preference is really not to write individual deals for $5,000. But at the same time, I want the flexibility if we're paying vendors on behalf of our clients, mm-hmm. I want them to be able to draw in $5,000 increments. So, um, so w- I mean, that we, reduces the burden on them, obviously. That, well, and that's the idea. The idea is less about the amount of work on uh, on fund Canna's part, and much more about how does the client need the capital delivered, and how does how do we help them, and and what we've what we've learned uh, by working with cannabis operators is there are times where draws of five, eight, ten thousand dollars are are desired. We're paying third parties, vendors on their behalf. Um, we may we may do three seven thousand dollar payments to the same vendor within a month. 
Um, and again, in aggregate, they may have taken down 60, 80, 200,000. Um, but I don't want to limit how they use the capital. I want them to know they have the access and we will, with authorization, of course, will pay uh, their invoices as needed. Right. And that, that's always great from a from the operator's perspective because you have that certainty. Um, one of the things I noticed looking at the Funcana website is you advertise a 24-hour turnaround process from the moment of application to knowing if you're approved. That's pretty quick. It, it is. Uh, what, what I'll say, Richard, is in my prior business, we underwrote over a million files. And, right. and we funded uh, north of $2 billion to small business across hundreds of thousands of individual files that, that, uh, that were originated on our own balance sheet. That taught me a ton about uh, uh, speed and flexibility. Uh, and so I bring a lot of that awareness to the cannabis space. And, and we've um, already built out some basic level automation that enables us to move very quickly. And, and so uh, that, that kind of service level is very important. When you're an operator with a need, you don't want to um, supply a bunch of paperwork and then wait a week to find out what happens. Yes. And, and, um, and I also think that, that from my perspective, I've always lived by the mantra that time kills all deals. And so, and, and that is true as much for our clients as it is for us. Uh, they have a need, they have bills they want to pay, they have uh, growth strategies they want to execute on. And I'm supposed to be, I am here to assist them in that. If I slow them down or, or I get in the way of the speed of their business, then I'm not assisting them. So it's very important to me that we maintain, the, uh, we maintain a, a level of, of speed and commitment to them that enables them to predict if I do this now, I will have an answer by a set time. So um, we, we typically try, candidly, if, if the client is ready, I try to have them funded within 48 hours. Um, so they may be granted the approval within 24, but the goal really is to have money in their account within one to two days. Sure. So they're approved and then they have to supply some of the supporting documents and I suppose create a, uh, some mechanism for securing the debt. Uh, well, yes, uh, and we facilitate everything. So we mm -hmm. want to try to make it as easy as possible for them. Um, but, uh, but we'll typically work via ACH. Um, okay. And just in terms of uh, requirements for funding, uh, while we're on the topic, uh, yep. we require, of course, that all businesses are legal and compliant um, and, and that they're already operating with revenue. And that's right. really going back to your point about over leveraging. Um, it's very difficult to determine if if uh, a funded amount is going to overlever a client if we don't have visibility into their inflow and outflow of money. So, um, but but once we have that, we also will have routing and account numbers by looking at financials and bank statements, mm -hmm. and that enables us to quickly either ACH and or wire capital to them directly, or if we. If they provide us with their vendor information, we can ACH and, and wire um, money directly uh, to their vendors or their suppliers. That's very efficient. Um, Adam, we have to take one more short break, sure. but we'll be back on the Green Peak in a minute with Adam Stetner from Fontana. 
The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Adam Stettner from Fundcana. And Adam, just before the break, uh, we're chatting about a number of aspects with regards to the businesses and what the requirements are and the turnaround for approval. What is the, um, you know, the size of business you deal with is more the SMBs at this stage. Why do you choose that end of the market? So um, small business typically requires um, speed, flexibility, and uh, access to renewable capital uh, at a greater rate than larger, more established companies, A. Uh, B, larger companies typically already have a capital stack of some kind. Now, that might be large institutional investors, uh, and it also might be very large debt providers, and that that can come in the form of banks, but it can also come in the in the form of uh, debt funds or non-traditional money, VC, private equity, and the like. Right. Um, small businesses in every industry, but in cannabis in particular, have significantly less access to tools that large business have. And so for that reason, not only, <clears throat> excuse me, is there more opportunity for Funcana, but there's also much more need and demand. And I can tell you as a small business operator myself uh, for the last 20 or so years, uh, I, I enjoy very much um, learning about studying a category uh, and determining where the need is, or, or um, in this case, um, uh, the underserved or underbanked segments, and then working with that industry to create product that, that fills that gap. And small business um, is the, the area that not only have I worked in for the last 15 or so years, um, but, but I've worked in it because I love servicing that segment. Uh, and I'm also significantly more familiar with uh, the ins and the outs of SMB relative to large corporate. Yeah. And I've always found, you know, when I work with organizations, I, I like working with startups because they develop into the larger ones and you, you're, you, you keep them as clients as they grow when you help them out really well along the way. Uh, agreed. Um, and so we, we grow alongside of clients. We've done that for, for many years we're seeing it already in cannabis. Uh, over the last six months, um, we've we funded people in January that have uh, again we've put hundreds of thousands into their ecosystem. We've watched their revenues grow in some cases by over three hundred and twenty percent. It's amazing what uh, an infusion of capital does as an accelerant for growth. If you can buy more and you know your margins, uh, even within a range, because there's yep. price compression and the like that occurs uh, with variability. But, but if you can buy more and sell more, uh, and you can drive a margin that is greater than your cost of capital, it's amazing if you use other people's money to purchase uh, what you can do to grow your revenue. And I think that that impact is uh, most visible with small business. It feels great to be a part of watching that growth. It does, and you know when you're in the small business, those those steps are huge, and uh, being a participant in it is is very rewarding as you get along the way. So you know, as we as we finish up for today, um, what are the things that you look at that? really people need to bring and be aware of when they come looking for 
um, some capital from a firm like yours versus going to a bank or anybody else? What's, what's the diligence phase like that they need to, the binder they should bring in the door for want of a better term? Um, well, the, the good news is, uh, unlike working with traditional sources of capital, um, if, it, if it is even a binder, it's a very thin one when yeah. you work with us. Um, uh, uh, banks require, uh, in my opinion anyway, uh, onerous amount of documentation and, um, and pledged assets and collateral. Um, we want the process to be simple by design. Uh, right. I would say the number one thing, and this might be outside of uh, the way the question was asked, but I know um, intended this way, the number one thing is use of capital. Right. Um, it, it, it's the thing that is most interesting because you know qualifications, as we talked about regarding um, compliance and, and legality aside, um, and the fact that it's already operating, we're really looking at inflow and outflow of money and mm-hmm. use of the funds. Um, because we want, again, to make sure that the money is going to be used to make money. Um, we never want to be a burden. And so that, that story around the capital is very helpful for us. Uh, by no means are we judging. Um, we just want to be part of a solution. We don't want to ever be part of a problem. So right. I think when someone approaches uh, a company, Fund Canada in particular, but any sor- source of debt, uh, it's very important for the operator to know what am I doing with this money and what do I believe my margins can be? Because then it's very easy for that operator to assess, is the money expensive? The The rate is a little less relevant than the cost of capital relative to the margin that will be created by the money. No, well, and, that's right. And, you know, and because, so I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Because I, I, you know, I always tell people there's no business that succeeds because it's undercapitalized. And when you're going through and driving through it and you're running short or really up to the wall and looking at it and needing that gap, those are the most important uh, dollars you raise. Uh, and, and that's right. And I think to that end, I, I would just say um, equity relative to debt here, uh, this is another example where um, debt is actually significantly less expensive if you have a use of capital and you know the, the spread uh, between cost of capital and what you plan to do with the money, where equity, when you bring that money in, you've forever given away a piece of your company. Um, I, I like to think of debt as the ultimate, for myself as well, the ultimate business partner in that you get the capital you need to grow your business. And once it's paid down or paid off, it's available to you again, but you also don't you still retain 100% ownership. Right. Um, whatever you have before, you still have after you've received that, that capital. And that's a great position for any entrepreneur to be in. Correct. Adam, I'd like to thank you for joining us today on The Green Peak. We have run out of time, but it's been a really interesting discussion. Thank you for having me. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back again with you next week. I'm Richard Zwicky. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.